and welcome to Jammers. This week I have my friend Ammer here. Ammer is a student at a local university in my city and uh, I met Ammer at actually a, a game jam. I met him at Global Game Jam I believe in 2020. Um, I can't even remember what the theme was that that year but uh, we ended up making a game about fixing weapons and a local war that was happening on a, in a far off distant planet. But anyway, uh, welcome to the show, Ammer. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing good. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm doing pretty good. Um, so yeah, we, we met at this global game jam. Do you happen to remember what the theme was? I'm pretty sure it was uh, just fixing stuff. That was the theme, just fixing. Or fix it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, I can't remember. We also had uh, a couple of other fantastic guys on our team. Um, oh, yeah. Jay and Alan, I believe, were their names. Yeah, oh, yeah. They were amazing. I, I've kept in contact with Alan a little bit here and there. I haven't heard much from Jay. I haven't really heard from either of them either. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I really enjoyed that Global Game Jam. It was nice to get to know people and see a few familiar faces. I... I'm hoping that uh, well this year it's not it didn't happen in person but next year I'm assuming it will um, and hopefully we'll be able to get together again there and make some games. Oh yeah, that was like my first ever game jam. It was a uh, a lot of work, but it was also a lot of fun. Yeah, what did you like most about it? Like, uh, what was the experience like for you having it be your first game jam? Uh, it was like. I haven't really experienced anything like it because all the game dev stuff that I did was just usually by myself at home or just like learning stuff. But then during the game jam, it was um, meeting a lot of different people that I've never seen before or talked to before. And um, I'm not really too good with people, but it like kind of forced me to uh, get out there and uh, put myself in a position where I have to uh, talk to people and get to know them. And it was a lot of work, uh, but uh, a lot of fun too. Seeing what everyone did was really satisfying. For sure, and I, I I bet it was quite the learning experience, too, to just get thrown into the fire like that and have to pick things up as you go. Oh, yeah. Um, usually when you do game dev kind of by yourself when you're learning, you don't got to worry about stuff like source control and stuff like that. But when you got, like, you know, three other people, now you have another problem to deal with. Yeah, I remember we ran into some issues with uh, source control, specifically with Git. I, I don't think any of us were experts on Git, and we definitely weren't using the large file storage system that they have. Um, but we got through those. We we got it all working and a mostly playable game at the end. Yeah, I remember we had to rebase like a few times. Yeah, we definitely did. Yeah. Uh, what what do you think were the the highs and lows of that game jam? Uh, the lows was probably just sitting there just looking at trying to figure out the source control stuff. Highs was probably just like seeing it at the end, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, when it was all working, everything came together so beautifully. For sure. Um, if if we were to do that again, what what do you think you would do differently? Uh, probably set up the source control from the big, very beginning, like so, just so that it's like a lot easier on everyone. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's it, because I was like everything else kind of was going smoothly. It was just the source control, honestly. Yeah, for sure. I I have to agree. I think uh, next time around, I would pre-set up a git repository with with large file storage and have uh, a game in there ready to go so that at least the base parts are there and then uh, we have a lot less to worry about that was a little bit of a hiccup um i learned a few things that that time around i learned a lot from uh 
or you know what? It wasn't Alan on our team. Um, Alan is a regular game jammer there, but he wasn't on our team. He was working on that. It was sort of like a TV or something, and you had to change the knobs and refocus the image to get the the audio and the visual quality to be correct. Do you remember that game? I I just remembered that one. You just reminded me of it. I was like trying to remember like of all the games that were there. I remember there was another one that was a kind of a time travel mechanic going on there. Yeah, I I spoke about that one in a previous episode. That team basically made it so that you run through the level and then uh, complete some actions, but then you travel back in time and you see the ghost of yourself completing those actions again, and it helps you to get to other areas, like maybe that player pushes a box. Yeah, I thought that was brilliant. Yeah, it was really cool. I I really hope they expand into a full game. Yeah, for sure. Um, Now, I know that was your first game jam. What else have you done in in, uh, game development since then? Uh, I've been just learning stuff. I've been taking online courses and kind of just making my own personal projects at home. A lot of them don't get anywhere except, you know, small prototype. And then I just move on to something else. Um, I've been taking a lot of online courses, just kind of get my skills up while I'm doing, um, you know, university work. For sure. Um, I think that's a really good way to learn, though, make small prototypes. And that's what game jams are all about. You just make a small prototype or vertical slice of what the game could be and experiment with that to see how it's going to go. Yeah, it's a uh, quick prototyping is uh, really good for quick learning. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know you've helped me out a bit. We were working on a project a while ago. It didn't really go anywhere. I, I sort of lost interest in it, but you had some cool elements that you were adding into there with uh, arc trajectories and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I started learning about um, Bayesian curves, curves, which is like linear interpretation. It was a, it was a lot of fun learning about that. Actually, it was the first time I've ever done something like that. Cool. Are you looking forward to any jams coming up? I haven't really looked at any. No, uh, I've been just sitting down at home trying to learn and get better. But now that it, it, it kind of brought up uh, back up again, I'm kind of thinking about it. For sure, we have Ludum Diary coming up on April twenty third. Um, I'm I'm not going to be participating in that one, but uh, I kind of wish I was. I just have. Well, to be honest, it's my anniversary on that date, so I definitely can't be doing the game jam. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want to miss the anniversary part. I might do that one, actually, because I'll be done finals by that time. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So following that global game jam, I actually ended up joining the Discord for the uh, Calgary Game Developers Association. And I found that there's actually a lot of people on that Discord that were at that global game jam. So that was a pretty cool community to connect with and stay connected with following following that in-person event. I, I, I found them out too. I, I have them on connected on my Discord. I just haven't really done anything. I just kind of look at it. And when I first found it, I was like, damn, there's a lot of people in, in like, you know, in, in, in my city doing the same stuff that I am. I wasn't really expecting that. But uh, I haven't really been connecting with them too much. Yeah, I've, I've found them... I found them to be a pretty fantastic group and definitely uh, valuable during the learning process and figuring things out. We also had the uh, Game Business Success Series that was hosted here um, by Calgary Economic Development, and that was pretty cool. It was really informative. And um, while I'm not in the position where that information's super useful yet, it definitely will be in the future. So it was nice to get an introduction on how to succeed as a gaming business and uh 
just being a part of the CGDA, um, it's it's nice to see that the gaming industry is growing in Calgary and in our in our province overall. Yeah, definitely. I really thought it was a, a lot smaller than than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Which kind of makes me very happy about it because um, that means you know resources and collaborators and and just a, a community is always nice. You know, for sure, the opportunities are coming. Oh yeah. Um, with that, I I think we can move straight into drawing this this theme for today and uh, starting to design a game. What do you think? I'm down. That sounds like fun. Perfect. Um, so I've got a list of themes entered into this random name generator. I'm gonna draw one. And we'll design based on that. So they're in, and I'm clicking randomize. And the theme is subjective perception. Objective perception. Ooh, you know, you can do a lot with that. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, uh, well, I don't know. What do you? What comes to mind for you right away? What do you first think of? Uh, shadows. That was the first thing that came to my brain. Shadows. And yeah, you could like shape different shadows. I'm guessing, or like. If if you could shape different um objects in the world to look so you could have like a let's say a multiplayer co op game, right? And then you could shape different objects to look different depending on the perspective. Mm-hmm. And then that way you could uh, have it so that you have to cooperate with the other person depending on what you see. That's pretty cool. That reminds me a lot of a game I I don't know if it was a game jam game or if it was a prototype or something for some other project, but I remember seeing a game where objects were casting shadows on a back wall and you could move the objects as the per- as the player. But then when you went to actually move the character, the character wasn't moving, only the character's shadow was. And so say you had a box and you pushed it closer to the light, that would cast a larger shadow of a box and that that shadow character could then jump on a larger box or they could be already on the box and then you move it and it gets bigger so they uh, can reach a higher platform or something. And I thought that was really cool. I think I remember seeing a clip of it on on, uh, on Reddit. Yeah, I, I can't... Something similar to that. I can't remember where I saw that, but that was really cool and that sort of blends in well with this theme. I remember seeing a different game. Um, It was about... Uh, kind of puzzle solving but um depending on the distance between you and and certain objects and your perspective of them the 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 object size would change so let's say you pick up a piece of um just a chest pawn or something and you would move it closer to you or further away from you so if you move it further away from you it would start to get bigger and bigger but you wouldn't notice until you plop it down hmm that sort of sounds like subliminal yes that's the one yeah that game looks really cool I did see another one that uses non-Euclidean geometry for all of their objects. And those games, like, they just mess with my mind way too much. I have no idea how I would approach making one of those. Uh, I kind of looked a little bit into it. So how subliminal specifically does it is not exactly Euclidean. It's just um, changing uh, the perspective and shadows of how things are um, sized. So it looks like it's staying at the same distance. Hmm, that's cool. Yeah. Um, the other thing I'm sort of thinking of is, I, I don't know if you've seen those art pieces where an artist will fill a room with different objects. And if you're standing at a certain position and looking at it, it looks like one thing. But then say you go to the other corner of the room and look at it, it looks like a completely different thing. 
like maybe it looks like an elephant from one angle but it's a tiger from another angle so that sort of i've seen stuff like that yeah that sort of comes to mind with subjective perception as well um i'm just i'm not sure how to make that into a game though unless you're trying to like uh i don't know guess what the animal is or something yeah um uh, i remember there was a phone game that did something along those lines where it would display a shadow which is the result that you wanted and you had a bunch of objects that you could interact with and the whole point was that you would use those objects to cast the same shadow hmm. so you'd have to rotate and move around and resize those objects to get the same shadow that the game was telling you to get that's pretty cool yeah um, um one other thing that's coming to mind is uh i think the movie is called vantage point where it's it's i think it's before your time but uh um basically there's a crime that happens and there's a whole bunch of different people whose vantage points um you see throughout the movie to try and figure out what actually happened in the crime um yeah so something like that could be interesting um sort of like a clue type game where you're trying to figure out who the who the killer was or who the perpetrator was a who done it type of situation yeah who done it but given specific vantage points or specific perspectives and then the outcome is subjective based on the perspective okay i see so you could do like a, um you could do a game where like the protagonist for some reason has or i guess the player for some reason has the ability to go into like uh people's minds and they can see through their memories that'd be pretty cool it hmm. oh, that, oh that would be pretty nice actually and what you can do because like you know how memories are easily uh easily manipulated you could have it so that maybe in later levels if you want to start to trick the player you could have it so that like this person has a memory disorder or something like that hmm. so then what would happen is that what you see from the npc's point of view may not may or may not be true until you put it all together okay so you basically can jump between npcs to see what they were thinking yeah you can look at their memories right yeah so then if you put everything together at one point you will see who the real killer is but then let's say that maybe one of them has like really bad short-term memory loss you wouldn't be able to see like exactly what happened five ten you know however minutes ago it was but you could see what happened a few days ago yeah okay so we have this thing that happened some event that happened and we have these players that witnessed it. Yeah. Um, and so maybe the game is always running. Well, the problem is if the game is running on a static timer and you can only see what happened in that time, then replayability might be an issue because you either have to give them control over the time or they have to go through everything again. And if they have control over the time, then short-term memory doesn't matter because they they can set the time and then the memory is fresh at that time right oh yeah i guess or you could have it so that like it's at a so let's say that the player just arrives at when the crime scene was discovered Mm-hmm. and then what you could do is that you could just freeze that and that's like when the player can start to move around in the people's memories and stuff and then if there's any memory issues they'll just simply be erased from the timeline so you won't even see it so it'll just be like, oh, here's what happened five minutes ago. And then at seven minutes, there's nothing there. But at 10 minutes, there is. Hmm. That could be interesting. Yeah. I, it sort of reminds me of the mechanic in, in the new Cyberpunk 2077 game. Um, 
where you can sort of you go into basically memories and you can go through the scene and find different audio sources and heat maps and stuff like that to try and figure out and find all the clues in the room. Well, that sounds pretty badass. Yeah, it reminds me of that. Um, yeah, I, I like the idea of going into the character's memories and trying to figure out what happened. It, it's sort of a detective game. What are we trying to figure out? Uh, who done it? Who did what, though? What What is the action that prompted all this? I mean, you could have, like, very stereotypical, like, oh, who killed this person type of situation. Or it could be, like, in a really, um, let's say, like, a really crowded hallway or something. And someone, someone like, stabbed this, the, the, the person that you're trying to figure out who did it then. Yeah, so it could be crime-based. Yeah. Yeah, we could also go a humorous angle or, um, yeah, a more comedic angle. Like, what if it was a classroom and somebody pranked the teacher? And the teacher's <laughs> trying to find out who did it. Teacher has to go into everyone else's brain and, like, figure out who did it. Mm-hmm. That would be pretty funny, actually. That'd be neat. Or, another idea, um, I just thought of, there's there's a movie with um, Michael J. Fox called The Frighteners, where he can see some dead people. I, I think I think Ghost is also like that, right? Um, so imagine somebody comes in and the room is full of ghosts and you got to try and find the, the right person based on these fragmented memories. And maybe a few of these people had interacted with that person. Oh, okay. Okay. And you got to figure out like who the right person is, but their memories are all broken up. So you got to try and piece it together. Yeah. You got to go to their, their relatives and their friends and piece together like an event maybe that happened yeah yeah oh that's actually a great idea like, you know what i mean they'll, they'll, they'll be like oh i forgot what happened at my birthday party but all i remember was this so then you, you go to a bunch of the people who were at that party and then you can piece it together yeah or so so what i'm thinking of now is you are playing as a uh um a medium or a psychic, right? Okay. And so you have a client that comes in and they're skeptical. They're not sure if you're the real deal if you're or if you're um, faking it just to get their money. <laughs> and so they're asking you these questions and you have to go into the minds of all these ghosts to figure out the answer. And if you get the answer right, then they believe you and they ask you more. And that's how you earn money. Ooh. And so the amount of money you earn could be the way that the game is graded how convincing you are yeah to that person so they could ask you like trick questions yeah yeah exactly to kind of like trick you out to see if you're the real deal and then you got to go through these memories to try and find the right one and uh the ghosts might have similar memories that could trip you up oh okay that sounds pretty good you could have like a group seance then and you gotta bounce between different people's memories just to uh get it properly yeah I th I think for the sake of a jam, having a single like client come in, just one person, and then maybe f five or six ghosts, and the ghosts have varying memories. Oh, the ghosts are with the person. Yeah, like the person comes in and sits down, and they have all these ghosts appear around them. Ooh, okay. And so the person asks you a question, and you have to answer it. Um, and so by doing. In order to get the answer, you click on each ghost and they have some memories and you sort of have to go through the memories to try and find the answer. And then you answer the person. It's like a multiple choice. Yeah, you got to put it together. Yeah, exactly. I think that could be really cool. And if, if we did it in 2D, 
it would be relatively easy to pull off. I think it would be, yeah, because um, everything just seems to be preset to an extent. Yeah, cool. I, I like that idea. So just point and click, huh? Yeah, just point and click, really. Um, and that would, yeah, that'd be a really cool idea. Um, now, so we have sort of the main game loop. Uh, a character comes in and asks you these questions. Um, what happens if you get it wrong? They lose trust eventually so maybe you have a trust meter uh maybe a reputation meter yeah a reputation meter so then as you get it more and more right your establishment grows with it but you're you're always the only employee there yeah so how do we ramp up the difficulty do we add more ghosts you could add more ghosts but you could like have it so that like maybe well trick questions can be one of them or like the ghost could be lying to you one ghost just a liar ghost and like the player knows that they're lying ghost, but they don't know what they're lying about. But then to counteract that, maybe we can put like, oh, here's like a truth ghost and this guy only says the truth. So then you have to like kind of weave around the lies and pick up the truths and then put them up with the other truths to get the real one. Yeah. So what that what that makes me think of is let's say that Sally comes in and she's got an Uncle Bob that she is trying to reach out to. Um, the real Uncle Bob could be there. Or there could be a, a fake one, a doppelganger that's in there who's nefarious and trying to sway you with his answers. That could be your fake ghost. Um, and so you're trying to figure out if that's the real Uncle Bob or not based on the memories and what she's saying and what this ghost's memories are. Um, and then, uh, so that could be definitely a way of increasing difficulty by throwing in more of these fake ghosts. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm thinking maybe... Um, what if, let's say, at a certain reputation, some, uh, let's say, witch gets a hold of, like, they know who you are now. So then at your next seance, they could be, like, implanting or taking over the body of your client. And they could start, like, telling uh, lies or something like that. That'd be pretty cool. That that would make the game into, like, a story game, right? Where uh, uh, maybe... Maybe you have to perform exorcisms and stuff down the road. I think for the sake of a game jam, though, that might be a little bit overscoping. A little bit too much, yeah. Yeah, a little bit crazy. But um, we're going to have an open world in my game jam. Yeah, open world, open world uh, medium game. What? There's one that just came out. Um, I don't know if it's open world. Maybe maybe it's even called medium, but you go through and there's ghosts and stuff. It, it looks cool, but uh, I've heard mixed reviews. Um, anyway, that, that's getting way off topic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think mixed reviews are at least like the worst thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but yeah, for the sake of this, I think if, if, uh, if a person comes in and you start off with maybe three ghosts in the room, then you could ramp it up by, by having six ghosts in the room. And then that may make it more difficult to discern what ghost is the true ghost and all this other stuff. And we could throw in fakes that definitely ramps up the difficulty. One very lazy way of like kind of just increasing difficulty is just adding a timer. You know, it's like, Oh, you got to figure it out, but you only have two minutes. It's kind of lazy. It's not really a, but you could do it. Yeah. A lot of games like doing that from time to time just to up the difficulty for no reason. Yeah, we could do that. And I guess it would correspond to like the the client of the fortune teller ghost person. Yeah, they could be uh, like a really impatient client. They got lunch. Yeah, the client of the medium getting tired of waiting for an answer. Yeah. 
um, and deciding to just leave. So that definitely could also help with that. Uh, we have this reputation meter. So what would be the win-lose condition then? Like, obviously, the lose might be your reputation drops beyond a certain point and it's irreparable. Um, so you have to close up shop. What would be your win condition? Hmm. Well, I mean, you could make it so that you get to a certain extent where you're worth that much. Or maybe um, it could be very silly, like you got uh, 500,000 retweets on a tweet they put by and your reputation meter influences how many retweets you could possibly get okay so sort of a maximum reputation um which projects you into the limelight and you are now the medium that everybody goes to you you could do that yeah you are now a twitter medium number one cool yeah i i, I definitely like that idea um otherwise it could be like kind of an infinite type of thing yeah, it definitely could be an infinite game. And so a lot of problems that um, games like this usually have is stopping. Mm-hmm. I think um, the core loop of this is definitely doable in a quick jam. I think this could be done in a in a 48-hour jam, like Global Game Jam. Um, if we were to stretch it out, like, what are some stretch goals we could have? We could definitely have that demonic possession, and maybe you have to do certain actions, like throw throw blessed water on the on the client to free them of this demon get a nice exorcism going yeah free them of the demon um well what else goes into like being a medium um if you expand past that it's like tarot cards people do Mm -hmm. or maybe um maybe we could also have a mode where you are a fake medium and you're trying to just scare people so um, as you earn money, you can buy different things to like move in the room. So maybe, th- maybe a scare meter is part of it. Oh, that, that sounds perfect. You could like disguise yourself as a medium. And then when clients come in, you're still convincing them, but you're fake, right? Mm-hmm. So at this point, you're not really trying to uh, go into people's memory. You're just trying to scare the, the client into thinking that you know what's happening. Yeah. So you could like pull a string and like this thing moves or push this button and a little bit of steam starts coming out the boards. Yeah. So we're trying to change the perspective of the client such that they believe that you are a real medium. That's another angle on the game. That's actually not that bad at all. Yeah. And then as you get more money, you you, uh, buy more of these devices to trick them and scare them. But you got to we got to have some way of like maybe the client is looking around the room and you don't know when they're going to look in a certain direction and that's how they catch you. Oh, so you got to block it in time or uh, maybe put something, put up a cover or something or trying to scare them in the opposite direction. Yeah, or like maybe you go to kick something that is the switch to turn on one of your smoke machines, right? Um, if they happen to look down when you go to kick it, then they catch you and they your reputation goes down. That sounds actually very doable yeah could be just a separate thing yeah so that's uh that's a second take on how we could take this subjective perception in the medium sense and have two relatively different games or two different game modes in the same game that's pretty cool do you think it's possible to like um do a multiplayer with this so like one person would be the real medium and one person would be the fake medium and the real medium is trying to expose the fake medium that's that's interesting. Or the fake medium is trying to convince people that the... So the fake medium would try to convince people that the real medium is actually fake. That'd be interesting. I I really have no idea how we'd accomplish that, though. Um, yeah, that's that's a whole other 
whole other level of difficulty there. Yeah, it's a whole different beast. That's a real stretchy stretch goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely something to think about. How to how to turn this into multiplayer. Um, personally, I I have zero experience with multiplayer gaming. Yeah. Um, as far as like developing a multiplayer game, so that's something I would probably stray away from. Um, eventually I'll get there. Eventually I'll build a multiplayer game. But <laughs> eventually, yeah, I, I I took a course in multiplayer. I haven't gone to it yet, just because it's like a list of courses I want to get done first. But mm-hmm. when I get there, I I was also I was watching some videos by Jason Wyman. Um, he does a few multiplayer courses. They're all on YouTube, and they use a uh, mirror for Unity. Oh, yeah, yeah, it makes it look it makes it look simple. I know it's a peer to peer served. It's not a served uh, uh, dedicated server based game, but still, it's it's pretty cool that that is out there and makes it a little more accessible to people. Definitely, especially if it's like on a way smaller scale. For sure. Indie games usually struggle with that kind of thing. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so we have this game. It's a medium. There's two modes. Uh, the second mode is a stretch goal, obviously. But the two modes are you are a medium. You're trying to convince these people how legitimate you are. And uh, when you reach the maximum you, uh, reputation, you win. When you decrease your reputation beyond a reparable state then you lose you gotta close up shop yeah and then the other game mode is you aren't a real medium and you're trying to do the same thing but you aren't a real medium so you're buying upgrades to your shop um that i like both those games but uh what do we call it what do we call the game oh yeah we we need a name for the game how how Um, serious is this game in terms of um let's just say a a visual appeal like uh are we going for like more of a comic book kind of goofy style or more very serious because i'm thinking kind of kind of more towards the silly just a little bit yeah i i think silly could be fun so let's let's definitely aim for silly it kind of reminds me of this really old um was it i think kind of a comic where you have like uh it's kind of red and blue situation happening or uh, these two spies one of them wears all black and the other one wears all white yeah spy versus spy yeah that's what kind of reminds me of except they're separate game modes mm-hmm. now that i'm thinking about it isn't it possible to have if let's say you are the real medium you can have like a antagonist who is the fake medium and you get to see their progress and the loose condition then stops being the reputation and is when people uh disbelief that you're the real one that could actually be a way of making this a multiplayer game maybe it's real medium versus fake medium oh yeah yeah and whoever, like you're in a battle, whoever gets the the highest reputation in a given time is the winner. They, they, they are proclaimed the real medium. That could be cool. Actually, I would venture to do that. Um, and then you could turn that into a battle royale. <laughs> yeah, medium battle royale. Yeah. Um, I, I would actually try to do that. That'd, that'd make this game interesting. The real medium versus the fake one. And it's actually an online game um it's basically like an order taking game you're trying to get through as many of these uh, clients as you can and increase your reputation how many burgers can you get done in an hour yeah exactly it's media except it's clients yeah so well there is a game called medium um so we can't use that trying to think of like how movies name this kind of stuff and honestly a lot of them are kind of the same yeah the exorcist or the nun or yeah 
what are some words that would illustrate like trickery mischief uh deceive deceiving mediums deceive hmm it's like another word for a medium though um psychics what would be the name of somebody who's a faker that starts with m it's an m yeah the only thing i can think of is mischief and i don't think that's really in line with everything else yeah naming games is always like like i guess just naming projects is always kind of a, a difficult and funny task at the same time because it feels like it's a lot more work than the work itself Mm-hmm. yeah no kidding um suspicious mystics suspicious mystics suspicious mystic that's not bad at all it's such a hard word to say <laughs> yeah there's a lot of s's going on there suspicious something suspicious fortune tellers suspicious i would i would take that one the suspicious mystics i can imagine a lot of if this was actually like a real game there would be a lot of among us memes on that suspect medium suspect medium yeah let's just do that we're gonna call it suspect medium that one is actually pretty good so suspect medium is a multiplayer game where you play one player is the real medium one is the fake medium and uh you're trying to increase your reputation and damage the reputation of the other whoever reaches the reputation goal at the end becomes the winner yeah it's nice short yeah it's good yeah exactly um we would probably build this in 2d and make it a really like point and click type game that way uh it keeps it keeps the mechanics of the game in check while we build out all the other aspects that are going to take more work yeah it also helps keeps it you know kind of fast paced and stuff for sure cool so that's the game suspicious mystic no what did we call it suspect medium suspect medium (laughs) (laughs) um awesome well thank you very much Ammer. thanks for having me not a problem what are you looking forward to next? What is the next jam that you're going to take part in? I'm actually not so sure. Maybe the, the coming Ludum, Ludum Darm. That one sounds like a lot of fun. I always wanted to do one of those because don't they um, mix up the themes? Kind of mix up the genres. Yeah, every, every Ludum Dar, there's a new theme. Awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to the next time we get to jam together. Me too. Uh, thanks again for being on the show. And I suppose we will talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. For sure. Anytime. For our listeners... Uh, You can submit your own themes by visiting jammerspodcast.com. You can also sign up for our mailing list or follow us on Twitter, and you'll get notified when our next episode airs. Thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time.